With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 265. We are the Fight Disciples and this one is dedicated to the world of boxing. If this is the first time that you've ever come across us, mainly because you've listened to a viral sound clip of me doing the Kelbrook little impression last week, Babby, um, then you can get us on iTunes. Uh, please just search Fight Disciples or you can uh, get us on our website, fightdisciples.com, if you need an Android feed. And I suppose it's with Kelbrook. Uh, where we start this week because there's been a little bit of a development with the wonderful world of Matchroom. He's looking for a little bit of a knock at the moment, is Kel. He's not going to get it, obviously, because everybody knows that Amir Khan's gone to go and fight the boy Terence Crawford. Jarrett Heard now is uh, signed to fight J-Rock. So who does he go and fight? Who does he go and have a little bit of a knock we? I tell you he goes and has a bit of a knock we. Liam Smith in Liverpool on March the 30th. What do you reckon, Scouse? All day. We take that fight all day. We take that fight all day. We, as Liverpool, as a city, want that fight. Absolutely. Do you reckon it'll happen? Uh, I don't know. I think Liam Smith categorically will 100% be the main headliner that night, but I can't see it being being Kel Brook, not at this stage. I just think that Kel Brook, after, you know, psyching himself up for this big multi-million dollar payday against this legacy fight against Amir Khan, Mm. I think for him... To watch Khan go and fight Terence Crawford for a pound-for-pound spot, multiple world title belts, and a, and a truly legacy-defining fight to try and motivate himself, with all due respect, to a former world champion, Liam Smith, in Liam Smith's backyard as well. It just seems like, uh, for Kel Brook, that's just a, a chance not worth taking. That card's a bit weird, isn't it? The Liverpool card's a bit weird. Because, yeah. obviously, Bellew's now retired, so he would be your go-to. Yeah. Rocky Fielding's on about his 16th holiday in 16 weeks. <laughs> he's, he's still spe- in Miami. He's yeah. enjoying that Canelo money, is the lad. <laughs> yeah, he's having a right on. time of it, isn't he? Um, you would- Callum's waiting for the phone to ring. Well, you would think that it's too small for Callum Smith now. No offence to the Echo Arena, but at this stage, with what he's just done against George Groves, you would think that he would be looking at bigger venues, whether it be a Wembley, whether yeah. it be an Anfield, whether it be something bigger than I that. I don't know, because, listen, it's all about dance partners, this game, you know, and if if, if Callum Smith is going to do a, a routine defence against a, a lower-ranked opposition, the yeah. Echo Arena's the place to go. But, but again, you don't, want, you don't want that. I don't want that. No, it's like Josh Warrington fighting Kid Galahad. I don't want that either. I want him to shoot up now. I want him yeah, to but that's take a mandatory situation. He's not going to be in that situation, is he, Callum? Callum no, he isn't, no, no. Callum's going to pull a, a name out, let's say, if it's not one of the big names. And that's a bit of a come down. I know, but I just Liam think Smith any, against... anyone but Canelo, Triple G or the mystical Andre Ward never ever going to happen, never going to come out of retirement. Callum Smith doesn't do a stadium, so maybe the Echo Arena's the perfect location. Yeah, but but even so. Callum's just become a new dad. Congratulations, by the way, to the champ. But, so mm. I, I doubt he's going to be in camp or want to go into camp right yeah. now. You know, I think he's always been working towards May. They always had this Anfield in May dream until they were completely priced out of Anfield in May. Um I just think there's a reason why Beefy's come over. Eddie Hearn has said to him, come over now, headline in Liverpool, let's start it right yep. in a world title Yeah, but that's next. cool, but it's got to be against someone half decent. It's got to be against yep. someone that the fans recognise. You can't headline a card like that and the momentum that we've had in, in British boxing over the last 12 months and it be against someone that nobody's ever heard of. You know what I mean? Because with all due respect, the core support is going to be Fowler, do you reckon? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, everyone's built up for that anyway. Everyone's excited and that's a good fight. Fa- yeah, yeah. And that's a good is. fight. But it's not like it's not a card that everybody goes, right, I've only got, let's say, you've only got 50 quid in my back pocket. I can only go to one, one show in the next three months. Which one am I going to go to? Liverpool will get swerved. Mm. Because no disrespect to anybody on there, there's nothing that is grind- there's nothing that's getting getting my balls going, you know what I mean? Yeah. My balls aren't tingling well, for at, it. Well, at the moment, there's only Fowler Fitzgerald that's been announced. You know, as I say, Beefy's going to headline it. Um, David Price... 
believes he's going to be on there, but has got other options. You know, as he said on the Radio City Talk show last week, he was offered Lucas Brown, and he thinks for, for terrestrial TV, ITV, mm. as part of one of these ITV shows. So, um, and he's chasing that fight with Lucas Brown. But first and foremost, he's looking at getting a, another win on his record on this March the thirtieth show. So. David Price is not your headliner either, mm. you know. And then you look down the list of other p- potential p- people are going to feature. Uh, your prospect of the year, for instance, is probably going to go on there, Craig Glover. But you know, it's probably not going to be in a title fight. It might be a final eliminator for a British title or something. So, the scratching round for a headliner. I think right now Liam Smith needs a former world champion. I think that's what they will be working on—a former world champion at eleven stone, um, or potentially a European. Well. European, even the European title fights out because Cheeseman's fighting for the European title mm. 11 stones so I think Liam Smith right now as I say they'll be looking for an international name and I just don't don't think that to rush through Kell Brook now I'd be very surprised certainly because fuck me what a come down for Kell Brook yeah I spoke to BP at the weekend about it he's listen up I obviously put that towards him and he was very like listen it's I haven't signed with Matchroom just for Kell Brook but the option is obviously there um, we finished that conversation by talking about Jaime Mungia because obviously the 154 pound division is quite it's quite deep with talent. We've just seen Charlo get beat off Harrison, yep. which surprises all, I suppose, and I've no doubt they will go at it again. You've yep. got Jarrett Hurd, who is dominating the division. He's six foot one and makes 154 pounds. God knows how he manages to do that. He's the unified champion, and then you've got Jaime Mungia knocking about, who Beefy's already been been in with and been dealt with, but he seems quite adamant that. If he would have had a little bit more preparation time, if he would have had more fights in the year building up to that particular fight. Remember, Mungia, I think, had five fights in that 12-month period. Mm-hmm. Beefy had only had one. Um, he believes that he could he could do a job. So this year for Liam, off the back of the conversation I had with him, was at least get three fights in and then try and target having a knock with Mungia, who, by the way, has just signed a deal with the zone uh, Matchroom USA. So that it's, there is a viable option there's a viable route there. He's quite well ranked. He's quite well liked with the WBO is beefy. So if Mungia still has his title by the back end of the year, there's an option there. Yeah, I think the only way that happens though is if, as I say, Liam goes out and gets a big win, a big against Oh a yeah, big no contender. question. Why, why does Mungia come backwards? No, you know, not at all. He's he, got to put himself as the mandatory number one with he the needs WBO. He to Kel Brook. Exactly, yeah, he needs a big performance against somebody. And, you know, I, I don't see Kel Brook's future in this weight class. I see him in the weight class below still. I still believe he's a he's a welterweight yeah, but what does Kel Brook like think? Kel Brook's only coming down to 147 Listen, for Amir Khan. Kel will fight. The, Kel will make weight if he needs to make weight. If he if the biggest fight out there he will take, he's kind of skipping between the two weight divisions at the moment. He's staying up at, like, 11 stone, knowing full well that he, do, he can do welterweight. But he's only going to do welterweight for the right kind of money and the right kind of fight. Does it? Does he survive at the very top at eleven stone? Does he beat the likes of Mungia? Does he beat Jared Head? Yeah, but in either at one four seven or at one five four, does he? True, tough. He doesn't, does he? No, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. I know we're throwing shade on him a lot, but you know we've got to speak real. You know what I mean? We're not here. A lot of people listen to this. Three or four years ago, yeah, man, Kel could have dealt with any of these fuckers. But the problem is, Kel is now, you know. Long in the tooth, mm. you know, and he's got that type of style that there's no longevity to it. That Ingle, that Ingle style, that Winko Bank style, it doesn't serve you well over a long career. It's sensational for ten years, but once you dip over that, it's hard to transform it because it's all built on reflexes, footwork, hand speed, mm. and unfortunately, that's the first shit to go mm. when you when you start getting a little bit old and start getting a few grey hairs. Other bits of news this week um, connected to a Liam Smith campmate, I suppose. Um, Callum Johnson, love the fella. He's vacated his British title. Uh, if you remember, we told you at the back end of last year that uh, the British Boxing Board of Control did mandate Callum Johnson, uh, Josh Bawatsi for that title. Callum's vacated that title. And we kind of anticipated that he would do this because the kid's just been in with Baturbiev. He's been at world level. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's sniffing around those world titles. Um, and no disrespect to anybody at British and domestic level, he's kind of surpassed it. He's kind of gone on past it a little bit. So I wasn't surprised when I heard that he... Uh, he um, vacated that title and obviously Boatsy now will fight. I think it's Liam Conroy that mm-hmm. uh, has been brought up for that fight, which is a great fight and a wonderful opportunity for uh, uh, Boatsy to get some uh, get some gold around his waist. Yeah, and Liam Conroy as well. You know, at the end of the day, the kid's on a hell of a tear. If you look at his record, the the three losses that and the, and the draw that he suffered in his record, they were like in the first ten fights of his career. Since then, he's been on a he's been on a you know a decent one in this light heavyweight division. So, do you think he's beaten Boatsy? I don't think anybody in this in this division outside of the world champions beats Boatsy. I've got to be honest. But Liam Conroy deserves a shot at the t- at the British title. So, you know, 
It's a tough fight for him. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's Buatti, for Christ's sake. You know, everybody who knows anything about boxing prospect of the mm. year every year. Yeah, yeah. Because the kid's got it all, but... Mm. Now, don't forget, the one we're not even talking about in that mix is Anthony Yard as well. Mm. I know he's with a different promoter and different TV deal, but where does Anthony Yard fit in this year? I think this is going to be a big year for Anthony Yard mm. in, in true Frank style. Will he fight Buati? Will he fight Callum Johnson? <laughs> Categorically, no. Will he fight for a world title this year? Wouldn't surprise me. Mm. Although it's a tough fucking place to win a world title. Yeah. Um, just before we move on to fights that have obviously happened over the weekend and uh, and stuff that's coming up this weekend, because AB about bri- billions is back. Um, uh, world Boxing Super Series. You will have seen this on our social media feeds over the last couple of weeks. We've been trying to, our very best to get some information and keep you up to date with stuff. World Boxing Super Series did come into uh, a few problems with coin, where there was loads of repo- uh, reports with fighters from the quarterfinals of season two uh, not being paid their bonuses and their wages and various things like that. I'm led to believe, having spoken to various managers and promoters that do obviously look after fighters that are connected to this tournament, that everybody's been weighed in now, everybody's been paid, and the uh, tournament can move forward. Sadly, the original scheduled semi-finals were supposed to happen um, at the back end of January, uh, early February, very similar to last year. Uh, that's not going to happen. It's going to be the back end of April, early start of May, which then kind of think you think to yourself, when's the final? The final's the back end of the year, October, November, December, mm-hmm. is what you would probably think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so same, same as Grove Smith, really. Yeah. So that's so, so that's going to be the the time frame. It looks like as as long as they don't run into uh, any more problems, and because of those rumored uh, money problems, you're not going to get now six individual uh, events for the yeah. semi-finals. They're all going to double up. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And we, listen, you've been an advocate of that from day one. Fuck this yeah. is what they should be doing. Yep. Um, so, for example, um, Josh Taylor's uh, event will also have the likes of uh, Kirill Relic uh, involved. And I think Regis Progress. Have they said that's going to be the case, though, or are they going to mix and match them? Are they going to put the super lightweights on together, the cruiserweights on together, the yeah. bantamweights on together? Or are they going to do, like, you know, Anue versus uh, Rodriguez, and Josh the same Taylor. night as Dorticus versus Tabiti I've in been, Japan or whatever? Well, I've been told it'll be the weight categories. All right. It okay. might, it, listen, it might, I might be wrong, but I've been told that it's weight I, categories I on the same night. Up. Yeah, that kind of, you know, that would make sense because Donair Zalani Tete, quite happy to travel. Neither of them got big home support. I know Donair has, sorry, but he's quite happy to travel. So you'd suggest the bantamweight almost certainly is going to end up in Japan. Um, and Progress versus Relic, you know, both those guys are used to travelling. So you'd like to think the super lightweights then are going to end up in, in Scotland, So which is fucking fantastic for mm. Josh Taylor to have well, home the, support. The, so. the rumoured debt for that is either May the 11th or May the 18th in Glasgow. Yeah. Um, for Josh Taylor, so there, that's that's the latest with it. it yeah, because we, we feared at one point that he were all going to get pulled. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was going to go. It was going to go Pete Tong. Yeah, because the money men were getting concerned. But listen, as long as it happens, because it did revolutionise boxing in a small in a small short way last year with certainly with the unification of Usyk as the standout cruiserweight and obviously Callum Smith as the number one at super middleweight. It's been brilliant for the sport. The concern was always, is the money going to stay there? Is the money going to... Because basically the money comes from the Middle East. And what did the Middle East get? They got the Super Middleweight Final. That's pretty much it. And a shitload of criticism for it as well. Mm. Um, the TV deals, I think they were hoping TV deals would be well, this a, is a lot more forthcoming, which would have paid for season two. But unfortunately, because yeah. the likes of Sky and everything are tied down, that's kind of with one promoter and stuff. Mm. It's made it difficult, but... it. it, it and they've gone with DAZN in the States. They haven't gone with yeah. one of the guys that m- most people are familiar with over yeah. in the States. It's on DAZN. But then that's where all the boxing's going in the, in the States. That's I don't see that as an issue, and I think that's probably decent money. You know, I know they've got a good ja- Japanese deal on the strength of Inoue, but here in the UK, it's like, it, it has no home still. Nothing. It's got no So no free on YouTube. The They're not making any dough out of exactly. us. Exactly. And that wasn't the plan. I bet you at season two, they were like, right, by season two, the TV money will start paying for, yeah, so we'll start breaking even, so you won't have to f- completely fund the whole thing. Unfortunately, that hasn't quite worked out. So The, the tournament's been brilliant for fights. We've enjoyed every single fight. Boss. Yeah, they've all been great. The matchups have been tremendous, and long may that continue. But the logistics side of it has been a bit of a fuck-up, really, hasn't it? Yeah. From a TV point of view, it's been an absolute mess. Going out to Jeddah for two British lads fighting for the Super Middleweight Championship of the World, a mess. We know why we went We went there, because they were weighing them in and yeah, they yeah, had to yeah. pay some wages. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, the, all the things that we've heard at the start of season two, is, I, I genuinely can't believe, believe right now, as we stand, that we'll see a season three. I don't think we'll get anything after the back of this. Yeah, which is so disappointing. Yeah, massively disappointing because the fights, the, the reason why good. we're here, they've all been brilliant. Yeah. And 
we're getting what we always want. All boxing fans want one, uh, as, as Deontay Wilder says, one there, one first, one champion. That's mm-hmm. what we want, don't we? And we got that with Usyk. We're going to get that in some of the weight categories this year. Yeah. You know, we want more of that. But I just have a feeling with all this that's going on in the background, I think the plug will be pulled at the yeah. end of season two, which is a shame, really. It is absolutely a shame, yeah. Mm. Really disappointing. Let's just hope it goes out in fine style. And I'll tell you what, these semi-finals suggest it's going to be absolutely explosive way to go out anyway. Did you hear my um, my conversation with uh, the big baby at the weekend? I did, yeah. yeah. I've stuck it on our Facebook page. If you're uh, on social media, you can, uh, you can get on that. There's a little bit of a clip on there where he calls AJ a scumbag. Now, listen... I put I put something on our, our Twitter feed last week regarding the rumoured heavyweight clashes. So you've got AJ Miller. That's a rumoured clash that's out there at this moment in time. Uh, you've obviously uh, got Fury Wilder too. Spoke to Frank at the weekend. Um, they're, they're in negotiations at this moment in time. Um, then you had this rumour that came out for Dillian White to fight Vladimir Klitschko on his, uh, on his comeback. And then you have Usyk versus Povetkin. So I just chucked it out there. There's four rumoured heavyweight clashes there. Which one are you least interested in? Unbelievably, right? If I'd have put it as a poll, it would have had 90% of the votes. <laughs> AJ versus Miller. AJ versus Miller. The unified heavyweight champion of the world is in the least anticipated fight, the least excitable fight out of those four, which is criminal. The unified champion of any division should be in the biggest fights of that division every single year. Yeah. Last year, AJ wasn't. The year before he was, of course mm-hmm. he was, with the Klitschko fight. No question about that at Wembley Stadium. But last year he was top-trumped by Wilder Fury. He can't be top-trumped again. Now, I know this is only the first part of the year, the first six months maybe, and the mm. second half of the year might give us something a little bit different. Yeah. But to be in the fourth most anticipated fight of well, people on our social media feeds anyway. That's just ridiculous. I mean, these aren't nailed on fights as of yet. But to be in that situation, someone's got to give. And we've got to go back to what we were talking about last week where Lennox Lewis has said, Edgy, you've got to take control of your own career, man. Yeah, man. You've got to start banging that drum. You've got to get in the mix. Stop being concerned about Under Armour and Lucas Aid and whoever else fucking off because you lose your undefeated record and start thinking about your own legacy. You know, start, start as, as Lennox said, take control of it. Listen to the fans. Listen to what we want. We don't want you to go and fight Jarrell Miller and we don't necessarily want you to rematch Dillian White. We want you to get in the mix, put your money on the table and, and fight the, Deontay or Tyson Fury. Fuck up that negotiation. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason the reason why I bring that up is because it seems to be now a common trend. If you remember at the back end of last year when we were talking about the negotiations for AJ Wilder, some people are on AJ's side, some people are on Wilder's side. You're listening to one side, one side, and you're probably going to get the truth somewhere in the middle, right, as to mm-hmm. where everything is. Yeah. We spoke to Dillian White. Dillian White then tells us, well, they've made me an offer, right, for April 13th, but it's ridiculous. It's less money than I was getting for Chisora, right? Less money than he's getting for the Chisora fight. That's what he's been offered to fight for the unified titles. Ridiculous. Against AJ, who puts 90,000 Exactly, right, exactly. And then you've got Jarrell Miller saying the exact same thing. He said, yeah, okay, I have received one offer, but it's lowball, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous money. It's like, he's getting 20 million, I'm getting 900 grand. Come on, what, what's all that about? Mm-hmm. So there's a trend now starting to form with three heavyweights there, yep. negotiating with AJ. They can't all be making it up. Th- that they're all getting lowballed. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. The A side in every single one of those negotiations is AJ. I'm not yeah. saying that he is in- including not. Including uh, Wilder and Fiori? Abs- listen, I'm not saying that he's not. And he should be getting the lion's share. Mm-hmm. Based on what Miller said and based on what White said and based on what Wilder said, come on, man, you're not taking this fucking game seriously. If you want the fights, properly want the fights, you'll pay the guys what they're worth. Yeah. And what the actual, what the what the role of challenger in this fight is worth. Yeah. Forget the guy. The role of challenging for the unified championship of the world is worth something. Of course. It's not worth 10%. No. It might be worth 30%. And if you're Wilder, it might be worth 40%. Right, yeah. you got to pay the dude what he's worth yeah. to get the fight on. Stop lowballing everybody, and I don't. Obviously, it's not him; it's the geezers that we were talking about last week. Everybody around him. You've got promotional teams. Yeah. You've got management teams. You've got the geezers who look after his commercial stuff. We've got to keep you on this path, AJ. Fuck the path. I'm not interested in how many Lucasair bottles you're selling. Yeah. Don't care. Get the fight on. Otherwise, people are going to lose interest. Yeah. Plus, you know, you often people that kind of money. It's not only fucking absolutely arrogant and horrific, but it's disrespectful to them as well. You know, it's like, 
they they've put themselves in a position to be in a conversation with you. They've worked hard to get there. You can't lowball them just because you're the A side and you're the champion with all the belts. They you were the challenger once. Imagine if Klitschko had done that to you. Imagine if Klitschko had gone, we'll give you eight percent of mm. the of the. It didn't happen because they had a proper conversation. They respected what you were worth and they give you the opportunity. Plus, what if Big Baby Dillian White, Brazil? All these guys spoke to each other and went, none of us accept a fight with AJ. None of us for less than 30%. None of us. Let's just all fucking agree now. No one. We all go 30% or fuck off. Then AJ can't fight. He gets no opponents. There's no dance partner. There's no career. His career just goes on the slide. Mm. Or he starts throwing money at C and D level fighters mm. to come in. He'll take. He'll probably take the 10%. But then, good luck selling 90,000 tickets then. Good luck selling any kind of pay-per-views against absolute bums. Mm. That's where it's at. You know, as it's, as it's rolling on now, since Wilder Fury especially, everyone has kind of gone, oh, fucking hell, that was amazing. Over to you, AJ. Because you used to be the number one. Prove to me. Even the biggest AJ fans must be like, come on, son. Show them who's number one. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. And by lowballing, the only people out there that we can even remotely accept as an opponent. And do I want him to fight Big Baby Miller? Do I want no. him to fight Dillian White? Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? If the other two are dancing, there's no other fucking choice. He's got to fight one of them or Pulev or whoever. He's, he's got to. He's got to fight somebody. And if those two are busy, who does he choose from? Mm. So. To show them the kind of disrespect he is, or his team is showing them, mm. is starting to reflect on AJ now. And I'm start, you know, I like you, like every British fight fan in the country, starting to go, "Well, fucking come on, man up or shut up." Mm. What's what's going on? You've got to do something. You can't just stand in the sidelines. And I can't, I kind of get what AJ's doing a little bit, or AJ's team are doing because they're like, "Listen, they just had a brilliant war. It was sensational." But you know what? Let them do it again, and when you fight them in basically a year's time. They'll both be a, have a little bit more on the clock, a little bit less in the tank. Then you get to sweep up. I kind of get that. Yeah. I get that, you know, because AJ's whole thing was, why, why am I the one who's fighting the number one contender all the time? Well, you're not anymore. That's changed. Number two and number three in the world have just fought each other and had a fucking cracker. And now there's a debate that one of them is actually better than you. Mm. Do you jump in the mix now? Do you go over old ground? Do, 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 do you chance it all against the big baby? Or what? He just needs to make a decision, and only he can make it happen, as you say. Because if if it, and it's got to be true. If if numerous sources, numerous different fighters with no connections to each other, going, I'm getting fucking lowballed for the AJ fight. It's obviously what's going on. Hmm. The lowballing people because they think they haven't got anywhere else to go. AJ and Dillian might just go fuck you. We're going to fight each other then. Hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when the IBF um, mandatory, who is Pulev. Mm-hmm. When, when that comes, because I don't know if you saw this, but the IBF have, uh, have changed their, uh, their per- the percentage of the purse splits now when it comes to mandatory challenges. It used to be 70-30, yep. right across the board. But now it's gone to 65-35. You've got to pay an extra 5%, Ed. You've got to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to give exactly. Pula an extra 5%. Yeah. So uh, that's, I think it should, every fight should be like that. Everything Absolutely. should be right. That should, you know, that's it. That's yeah. the minimum that someone gets paid, whether it be a 70-30 split or a 65-35 yeah. split. Listen, it shouldn't go on, and this is part of the conversation, I'm sure, with Team team AJ alike. Well, why are we giving Big Baby 30%? His best payday is 400 grand. Shouldn't be that. Give him 700 grand, and then you go, what the fuck's wrong with you? This is double. The, this is almost double the best payday you've ever... It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. This is not how it works. Mm. It, that's not fair. If he did that, then AJ wouldn't be earning the money he's on now because he would never still... He'd still be climbing up because he got... Klitschko go, biggest payday you've had was a million quid, mate, so I'll give you 1.1, yeah? And I'll take the other... What do you mean? 90,000? Yeah, but I, I've got all the... You know, I'm bringing the fucking name. I'm, I'm the Klitschko. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm the Klitschko. I am the Klitschko. I've got the USB. <laughs> Whatever happened to that USB? I have no idea. Hello, yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's like AJ's now got a fucking... Pay people what they're worth. You know, it's not like AJ needs the money. And again, it's not AJ doing this. It's the money men around AJ who can see their own percentage dropping if someone else gets... If the big baby gets 30% of AJ's neck cut, wait That's a minute, it. what will my cup be then? Yeah, exactly. Fucking hell, there'll be less in the big pot. Because they're, they're only getting paid on what AJ gets paid. Exactly. So the more he gets paid, they get paid. The bigger their cut, you know. They're on 0.5% of this or 2% of yeah. that. Or the guy who set up the Lucas 8 deal, 
he might get 15% of the Lucas Aid deal, but Lucas Aid deal's tied into AJ being undefeated. Mm. All that bullshit. Mm. Who fucking cares? That is not how legacies are built. And you know what? I kind of want AJ to get beat. I want Fury to get beat. I want Wilder to get beat because then I want to see them fight again because that's how the glory is, the, the, the greatest heavyweights in history, when you look down it, they lost and came back. That's how we knew they were great champions. All the greats get beat. Mm. It's how they come back from a defeat. That's what defines them. And that's what's going to define this legacy. If they all fight each other and AJ just beats the shit out of them all twice, won't happen. But if it, if it did happen, people start going, well, it's a weak era. What would AJ have done in a different era? But if they all start beating each other and then, you know, rematches left, right and centre and then yeah. you throw Pulev comes in the mix, suddenly gets a win on one or Dillian White suddenly knocks someone out and then he's in the mix. And that's when in a year or two's time, we're like, fucking hell, this is the... Is this the best year of heavyweight boxing? Not because we're talking about the standards better than ever. We're talking about there's five but or six guys who can all beat each other. The level of competition. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that's unless they fight each other before they're all fucking 40, we'll never know. Speaking of 40, Big Vlad's on his way back, isn't he? <laughs> He's training his balls off. He's ready to go, isn't he? He's ready to come straight in. Nope. I don't think he's coming back here. Nope. <laughs> no chance. Where's that come from? I don't know. You told me first. I was like, what? You, told, you text me going... Vlad might be fighting Wild uh, Dillian White. White. I was like, "Huh? What?" Yeah, yeah. Can't see that. If that happens, that is just someone being desperate to fill Wembley. Yeah, in it. Thinking, but, thinking of a name to get in there because AJ's on his way to New York to go and fight Big Klitschko, Baby. Klitschko wouldn't risk his, his legacy by coming back to fight Dillian White. For some AJ money, you might. <laughs> yeah. For some of that. I'll tell you what, you can have AJ's money. You can have 20 mil, son. Go I can't on, get believe stuck in Klitschko's there. skint. Really no, can't. he's not. He's not skinned. Mate, is he, relevant? Is he, get, Listen, is he getting divorced? Is, Isn't that little blonde piece divorcing him? Is she? Yeah. Oh, they broke up a while ago. Get lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little thing. Hayden Paterian. Yeah. Eh? Mate, that's old news. That. No, it isn't. Yeah, you, you need to stop reading the boxing page and start reading the gossip pages. Serious? They broke up time You've been ago, yeah. reading your missus's fucking You magazine or whatever it's called. <laughs> they broke up time ago. Paneteri, yeah. She's yeah. fishing in different waters now, son. Is she? Yeah, man. All right. Yeah. I might say. So maybe that's maybe he's coming back. Maybe you need some of that divorce settlement money. Maybe. Mm-hmm. There we go. She was tiny as well, wasn't she? And he was massive. Oh, yeah. How did that, how do you reckon that worked? I don't know. I don't know. Blowjobs while he's standing up. All, she's standing up. It's gotta just be blowies, on it. Because mm. he'd smash it. He'd break he, her in half. He would break her in half, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why she's divorcing him. Maybe she's had enough. Walking like John Wen. Exactly. Jesus. Anyway, we're still recording. Uh <laughs> Um, your boy did all right, didn't he, at the weekend? Devin? Well, it's what we do. It's what, do you what, mean it's we, what we do. do. I'll tell you what he didn't do. He didn't finish him, did he? Did you watch the fight? Yeah, yes. I did. He did everything but finish him. Well, why Toyed didn't he? with him, why played with him, put him down. It's what we do, son. Why didn't he finish him? Because we needed rounds. That's absolute shite. The best of the best finish him. Terence had finished him. We wanted a few rounds. Listen, we only had... Tia Fimo would have finished him. We only had... Tia Fimo. You know, a mere sparring partner for us, son. Um, Get to France. We had two, two. We only had two fights last year, and I think we Why wanted is this to. Prove we? What's this? We? Why do you do this? Like all of a sudden, you've become part of the team. Like you're wearing <laughs> the fucking gear, <laughs> a full tracksuit, full kit wanker. You aren't you? I am part of the dream team. The dream. The dream team, mm. son. And uh, listen, for me, I was delighted with the performance. Dropped the kid nice and early. Boxed his head off for every round. Won every round. An undefeated African. You know, the kid had never lost a fight before, and Devon saved him up. For a 20-year-old kid, very experienced performance. Mm. I'm absolutely over the moon with him, and this is a... Uh, thing know, is, it's, it's going to be a big year for him. Well, yeah, you would you'd think it's going to be a big year, but he's in a killer division. So what he needs is Mikey to do extremely well against uh, Errol Spence. And therefore think to himself, I'm not going I'll back stay down. Here. I'll stay up, yeah. Don't forget, that's two weight divisions up anyway. Right. So even if even if Mikey comes back, I don't think Mikey comes back as a lightweight anyway. Right. I think he comes back as a as a super lightweight. And personally, so all them belts become vacant. Personally, mm-hmm. I know that Lomachenko's our boy, mm-hmm. but I think he's in a weight category too high for him. Yeah, yeah. So he can't go. Loma can't go up to super lightweight. No. So, but he can go back down. L- that's what I mean. And try and fight people like Javonta Davis and yes. all those type of characters. And I, I think that's probably going to be the big fight this year for him. I don't think Errol spent. I don't think Mikey comes back down, and I think Loma goes down. Yeah. Which means this lightweight division wide should suddenly go wide open. Yeah. And it'll be belts left, right, and centre. So my boy and your boy will go at it at some point. Yep. 
Easy work, son. Get to easy mate. Work. Your boy's getting slapped. He's, his boots are getting smocked, we'll let see. me tell you. We'll see. Of course he is. Oh, my days. Listen, how can you say this, right, when when Jenny Lopez, right, Mrs. Lopez, Tia Fiamma's mum, follows the fight disciple. She's one of us. And you're fucking, you know, wishing ill on her son. Is that what you're doing? Listen, I'm not disrespecting Mrs. Lopez at all. I'm just talking about there's a dream, son, and it's about to be realised in 2019, and his name's Devin Haney. Mm. And we're going to win a world title this year, and I can't wait for it. Mm. And you know what? That's the beauty of it. I think, once again, our prospect of the years, our, our ones to watch, are potentially have a on a collision course for the third year running. Mm. Uh, we haven't had it yet. We nope. still haven't had it yet, but hopefully I think this could be the year. And especially because they're both releasing sparring footage. Well, I think... And there's like arguing backwards and forwards on who did what in the sparring sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, uh, it's all building happening. up nicely. This one's it definitely happening. It is definitely happening, happening yeah. This it one's definitely, definitely going And we're going. Mm. We're going to have to go. Um, well, I'm definitely going to go to uh, the Amir Khan-Crawford uh, fight. Yes, sir. Because Tia Fimo is going to be on the undercard. I asked Big Bob at the weekend and he told me, yeah, it's happening. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. Are these... Are they, Confirm New York, yeah, because I had a little whisper back in the last week that Vegas had threw the hat in the ring as well. What, regarding um Khan Crawford fight? Yeah, it's Madison Square Garden. It's definitely MSG, yeah. They've confirmed it. Mm. Sound. We're going to New York, baby. Mm. Well, I put this out on Twitter over the weekend and was like, we're going, we're going. And all the fight, loads of the fight disciples are going, if we're going, we're going. <laughs> and I was like, I'm telling you now, fight disciples on tour, it will kick off in 2019. I think there could be a gang of us. So we need to reach out to Big Bob. April 20. Say to Big Bob, listen, son, this is this is the fight disciples now. Yeah. We're coming and we're coming on mass. It's going to be a crew of us. And we're, you know, we're going to be, are we going to be Team Crawford? Are we going to be Team Can't? Oh, fuck that. We're going to be Team Lopez. Team Lopez. We're going to be Team Lopez. That's what we? we're going to rock up as, yeah. Unless Devon shows up and then obviously I'll just fucking switch, co- I'll just switch colours immediately. Half and half. I'm an half and half <laughs> scarf, yeah. <laughs> I am half and half scarf, yeah. Well, I'll keep you up to date with that because they are in the in the UK this week, top rank. So I'll have a chat with him, see if we can sort something out. Yeah, and nice get to get that over confirmed. To, uh, New yeah. York. Yeah. Um, Monday morning fights. They're they're a little they're beautiful, aren't they? Boss, get up. You know what I mean? Just before the kids get the, the old Peppa Pig on the TV screen. Oh, I, pa- I got the kids dressed, packed them off. Did you? Sat down with the old uh, crunchy nuts. Did you? Mm-hmm. And then you had your cereals as well. Did you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of toast afterwards, yeah. Keller Plant, the story of Keller Plant is absolutely... I mean, his, his backstory is heartbreaking, especially all the stuff around his daughter who sadly passed away four years ago. Um, but for him to have gone on this journey to where he finds himself now as the IBF super middleweight champion of the world, absolutely sensational. And fair play to him because... Beautiful. Uh, uh, Jose Uzkategui has some serious power. He's knocked out some serious kids. We saw him put a, a lesson on Durrell until he was disqualified for, mm-hmm. uh, well... For Darrell chucking it in, um, and I genuinely thought that Uskatigi will come through this because of his power. But the guy, the guy with the power was Caleb Plant, timing right on the whiskers on a couple of occasions, early doors, put him on his backside twice, and then uh, box his ears off. I say box his ears off in the middle rounds. Uh, Jose Uskatigi definitely gained ground. He, he yeah. definitely put it on him, and it was it was a lot closer in those middle rounds. But start of the fight, end of the fight was all about Plant for me, and fo- and thoroughly deserved his unanimous decision victory. He was brilliant, you know, and. Uh... It, I always love it when a puncher fights a, bite a, fights a boxer and the boxer's the one that scores the knockdowns. Yeah. You know, plant it was just all about timing. Every time those category loaded that up, little left up, big right hand, it was just like step backwards, a little left hook. And he dropped them twice with the same punch in the second and the fourth. Um, one of them performances where you think it, it couldn't have started any better for Caleb Plant. Four rounds in, six points up, fucking flying. Mm. He knew all he had to do was stay on his feet, pinch another round or two. And it was done. And that's exactly what he did. And I think that's why... I'd like to say he went for a walk in the middle rounds. But, you know, it was tough. It was, you know, it was Kotagui was putting his foot down. And um, I think Plant was just kind of getting through the rounds a little bit, which which pulled the scorecards a little bit closer. But I think Plant then once again used his boxing brain down the stretch. I think that's how you do it. You know, that's it's intelligent from him. You know, first world title fight, but a very experienced boxer, Plant, former Golden Gloves champion. Mm. And... Um, you know, to, this is when you get to a world title fight. This is this is the kind of performance you want. His corner must have been absolutely over the moon because get a few points, get you know, get a couple of knockdowns, get up. Don't get greedy against the puncher. Don't do anything stupid. Get through a couple of rounds now. Let the puncher fucking work. Let him load up on his shots because he's well behind. And then when it gets down to the serious business, the last four rounds, just step up your pace a little bit again. Just start landing your punches and your combinations and and working it and. 
I thought he was outstanding. Gutted for Uskategui because he's got his own story as well. He's had a he's had a tragic life. Another uh, bereaved former child, apparently. So, uh, but it's exciting this belt because since James the Gale gave it up, it's kind of fucking bouncing around everywhere, you know. Mm. So, the super middleweight division's red hot right now. There's loads going on. There's some brilliant opponents for Callum Smith as he builds his legacy. Is Plant a big enough opponent to fill out a stadium in the UK? Certainly not, not even close by now. But the likes of Plant against Callum Smith and you know these names that are popping up now, Ramirez and all that, there's, there's, there's some good fights out there, some big unification fights out there. Mm. A lot of action going on this weekend. Friday night into the early hours of Saturday morning over in the States. Um, I'm going to get shit here now, right? Did you see that Jay Spencer on the undercard, by the way? Did you watch it in the card? Did you just, go, did you just watch the main fight? I watched Rigo. There was a kid, Rigo, yeah, blowing the kid away. Yeah. Uh, there was a kid on there, Jay Spencer. He was 5-0 and oh, going in. Looked like a decent kid. He was the PBC prospect of 2018. Right. So they, that's why, obviously, they showcased him. They blew this former MMA fighter, Brandon Harder, away. He blew him away in, like, two rounds. But Harder had his what looked like his mum and his girlfriend as his corner team. Brilliant. I've never seen that before, but it was fucking awesome. And he picked himself off the floor a couple of yeah, times. Yeah. Mike, Mike Perry used to do that in the UFC, didn't he? he, no, has, yeah, he but not his mother. His oh, girlfriend, right. but not his mother as well. Corner, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his mother's there with Vaseline on the back of her hand, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know what she's doing. him! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at the end, he was like kissing everyone and they were all, th- all smiles and thumbs up to the TV and everything. They loved it. But uh, I just wanted to mention that, Jace, Joey Spencer, because there's a reason why PBC picked him out. Kid looked a real. It reminded me of the Liverpool boxer called Nick Ball, who's a little bit smaller, mm. just fucking really stocky, big puncher. But with PBC coming on ITV, we're going to see a lot more of this kid this year. So mm. if you missed it, go back and watch Joey Spencer or keep an eye out on ITV4 because we will be seeing him again. Mm. Uh, this weekend, there's uh, two nights of fights early hours of Saturday morning, early hours of Sunday morning. First of all, I'll go to the one that the zone are running. Uh, and we get shit here now, right, off uh, Izzel, who is our uh, resident our Irish listener. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do uh, pronounce. Uh, various uh, names from around the world. She's on to me straight away, giving me phonetic alphabet. Uh, and TJ Dahini is the way that I pronounce his name. She's going to come now, obviously, and be all over social media. So no doubt you'll see this pop up on our, our feed throughout the course of the week. Uh, but TJ... TJ. <laughs> ...makes his uh, Matchroom debut, because he's just signed to Matchroom, uh, the IBF champ at Super Bantamweight. Uh, he's in action this weekend. Listen, it's a fight that he should easily win this yeah. weekend. Um, but the reason why he signed with Matchroom is because they are eyeing a unification with Danny Roman at some point this year. That is a proper, proper, proper knock. And I, yeah. I think he, he might just be in a little bit of deep water with Danny Roman, if I'm honest. Yeah, but you know what? It's champion of the world. And as we discussed before, super middleweight, heavyweight, light heavyweight, fucking super bantamweight. doesn't matter. Every division's buzzing right now mm. every division's got tough world champions and tough contenders and I think right now Dahini just needs to make sure he doesn't Who? take it TJ TJ don't do that she'll be on to us okay TJ just needs to make sure that he doesn't take his eye off uh, Takahashi because the, the kid's experienced <laughs> oh god here we go. <laughs> our Japanese listeners will be on us now as well uh, because at the end of the day these things are fucking banana skins. Signed a new deal with Matchroom two weeks before he, he debuts on a Matchroom show on the Zone. Yeah, it's got all the hallmarks. He can't, you know, no one expected him to become a world champion. Well, he didn't. He got he got, a, he got an away decision in the home country. Is what happened. He did, yeah. Um, TJ just needs to. All he's got to do is keep hold of the belt this weekend. Yeah, just keep hold of that belt on Friday night and uh, see where the see where the stones fall come the new year but mm. good luck to him uh, yeah. Jorge Linares is also on that card uh, on the Friday night this is uh, and that is headlined by uh, Boo Boo Dimitris Andrade against Arta Akovov one round he'll knock him out <laughs> Akovov shite isn't he no come on can't say that come on this is the geezer that Billy Joe Saunders fought yeah, yeah? and it was absolutely it was boring as fuck listen Andrade right is a little bit more Billy Joe Saunders turns up, right, when he's not even training, he's overweight, he don't give a shit, and it's 12 rounds of just like, oh, this Akavov's not doing out, Billy Joe Saunders ain't doing out. Listen, Andrade's taking care of him, properly taking care of him, and hopefully setting himself up a monster fight uh, at the back end of this year. Uh, Andrade, do you know what? This is definitely not a stay up all night to watch job because Andrade doesn't get this kid out of there. He wins do you not think? I think he wins every round. He might even get a, a knockdown, but... Akavov knows how to survive Come on, the distance. Boo-boo. And I think Boo Boo's going to uh, 
going to have to go for a poo-poo because this is going 12 rounds, I'm afraid. It is. It's going... <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Boo-boos could have, have to go, go for, for a poo-poo. poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I've been trying to... Get that on a I've been, to, I've been trying to potty train the baby at the weekend, so <laughs> my mind is just obsessed with poo-poo at the moment. Um, if you want knockdowns on this, look at Jarrell Miller, TBA. You know, he's, he's not got a great chin, TBA. Uh, <laughs> Linares expect an explosive fast arm performance from Linares I don't think Jarrell's fighting this weekend a, oh is that off is no, it I think it's off yeah speaking to him at the weekend I think it's b- being announced it might be I don't know the way that, the way that he was talking <laughs> you spoke to him on fucking Saturday yeah, I night did. I can't remember whether he said he's announcing a fight on Friday or he's now on this card on Friday I can't remember what he fucking said right whatever but I was more interested in the AJ conversation anyway go on then yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go... Jurel against TBA. Yeah, Jurel against TBA. There's your knockdown. Linares, there's your performance. And Dahini Andre, there's your two points decisions. World champions. Demetrius Andrade is going to stop Akavov. There you go. No chance. Bet he doesn't. We'll check that with William Hill later when we do our little roundup before the end of the show. Let's get our William Hill odds out. Because don't forget, we've got our betting. Our betting starts today. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, come back. Just... we'll come back to that after we speak about the, the Saturday night card and then we'll do our bets to end the show. All right, Saturday night, early hours of Sunday morning, um, which is on ITV4 here in the UK. Absolutely freebie. Just, just, just on that point of ITV4, forgot to mention it, of course, about the, the Caleb Plant performance yeah. at the weekend. Um, You're gonna have a go at some presenting team. That's what you do now, isn't it? Well, there was there was no presenting team. It was just it was just Big Ron doing a voiceover in yeah. some wardrobe somewhere in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and again, but they could they they didn't even script it right. Big Ron was going okay, and that was a good performance there. And coming up, Caleb Plant, two uh, categories coming up there. But first of all, let's have a little bit of a build up to James the Girl, Chris Eubank Jr. And then it went to a whole promo about a completely different fight on Fox Sports in America for five minutes and then look like someone at ITV flicked the switch and it suddenly became the Eubank versus so listen teething problems we expected it but basically it was just Fox Sports on ITV4 now is that what we should just commit to or just going that's it That that's what we're going to get it's PBC's broadcast on Fox Sports there it is it's on ITV because we're kind of used to that watching UFC anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. on on BT Sport because they kind of it's the it has been the Fox broadcast. Or do they kind of somehow try and sugarcoat it with some? Because I, I know Big Ron must have been watching it, going, "What the fuck is going on there?" Because yeah, but it's easy to localize. Box Nation do it all the time. Yeah, but they, what I mean is ITV didn't. Yeah, but it's easy to do. But they didn't so, do so it. So what are you calling them? Shit houses? Is that what you call no, them? No, no. What I'm saying is Pacquiao Brona is going to be a big test because you'd expect it to be. Last night, early hours this morning, yeah. that's eyeball. That's hardcore eyeballs. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. People listen to the show, but you're less than 25% watch the Caleb to, uh, plant fight. But next week, every one of our listeners will at some point be watching Brona versus Pacquiao, yeah. especially because it's free on ITV4. Yeah. I'm interested to see what ITV do this coming weekend. And plus it's on Saturday night into Sunday morning rather course, than Sunday night into Monday Into morning. Monday. Because I'm just interested to see... Whether they're just going to do the same kind of thing? Yeah, they can't that, do. They can't was do, cheap. man. It was just. It was. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's Ron's. It's Ron's fucking wages for a few hours. That's all he'd spent. Yeah. And Ron's it as I say in a broom cupboard somewhere. Like cut the fox audio. Oh yeah, okay. Next, uh, you know, just try. But by trying a lot, it just sounded stupid. It sounded daft. Yeah, they've got to have a full kit and caboodle next week, man. Will they have? They have I'm to. guessing they'll have ringside commentators, won't they? No, I wouldn't be surprised if they took American feeds or anything like that. But. They've got to have their own team up Presenting here. Team. Yeah, of course they have. Got to have Naz, haven't we? Got to have if Naz. If Naz is not on the show, I'll be fucking devastated. Exactly. They've got to be giving it the big licks, haven't they? You'd think so. Uh, Manny versus Broner. Uh, 40-year-old Benjamin Button. Uh, Manny Pacquiao rolling back the years. Uh, taking on uh, Adrian Broner this weekend. The problem. Now, think of Broner as you will. I just I just want to take you back before he became a proper knob. He's always been a knob, but I want to take you take you back to before he became a proper knob. And this geezer was winning world titles uh, in many different weight categories. However, that has always been the the, the bio, hasn't it, of uh, of Adrian Broner, where he says I'm a multi weight world champion. I don't think he's ever actually beaten a world champion. I think he's always won vacated titles, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that is the case. Yeah. He's never been in or beaten someone legitimate. This is now his opportunity this weekend. Yeah, 
okay, I get what you mean. He's never beaten a current yeah. world champion. A geezer who's a champion, he's gone yeah. in there and took the belt off him. But he's, he's, beaten, he's beaten former world champions defending his belt. Yeah, but he's never had to... He's never gone into a fight to fight a champion. He's never he's never made the ring walk second and watched the guy carry the, come in with the belt and take the belt off him. That's correct. Right. Yeah. And there's a big difference between, with all due respect, fight. But this is the, this weekend. I know it's a regular belt, yeah. but this is the weekend. Yeah, it happens now. Yeah. Because Manny walks in That's second what I mean. with the belt over his head. That's what I mean. Gotcha. Where are you, where are you going with it? This is, the, this is the time now for Adrian Broner to step up and stop being a dickhead, is what I'm basically saying. You know, before he went off the rails and started believing that he was May, uh, Mayweather, he had collected weights in multiple uh, divisions. Mm-hmm. But he's, he'd never done it, in my opinion, the, tr- the traditional way of doing it. He'd always picked up vacated titles, moved up when there was an opportunity in order to, 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 to gain those belts. Yeah. I personally think he's an extremely talented lad. He's got rapid, fast hands. And when he's on it and when he's focused and when he's doing his thing, I like him. He's an entertaining kid, right? But he doesn't take the game seriously. He no. comes in fat, he comes in overweight, he comes in with his bad attitude towards shit. Forget everything that's going on outside uh, of the ring because, you know, I don't want to be the guy's mate. I only judge him as the sports guy, the guy that's inside that ring. And he is a supremely talented lad when he takes it seriously. I just hope he turns up this weekend. And if he turns up this weekend, we could have an absolute cracking fight on our hands, a real good fight, rather than Manny Pacquiao taking him to school for fucking 12 rounds. Mm-hmm. Not won a fight in two years. Who? Broner. Yeah, no, he hasn't. That's what I mean. Summit's got to give. He's been in the nick. He says he's had an epiphany inside the nick, hasn't he? What am I going to be? I'm going to go and sell some drugs. No, I'm not going to go and sell some drugs. I'm going to go and be a boxer and all that type of shit. This is his time now. This is his time. If he doesn't do it this weekend, he's never going to do it. No. And he he will forever be remembered as, even though he's a multiple-time world, former multiple-time world champion, he will forever be remembered as the guy that fucking threw it all away. That became a complete dick. Um, and wasted what could have been an incredible career. But then I also think, is there a reason why he threw it all away? Is there a reason why he was a dick? Did he get found out? Did the losses hurt him more than anything? Did he find something out in the gym? Did he realise that he wasn't as good as Mayweather? He was never going to be as good as Pacquiao. His legacy was never going to be that good because he just didn't have the talent or the work rate or the determination or whatever it may be. Did he find his level? And instead of living at his level, did he freak out outside of the ring to fucking disguise the fact that his whole... Because his whole confidence brigade, you know, his whole fucking personality is, I'm the greatest, I'm this, I'm that, I do this because it's a piece of piss. I could be a fucking whatever I wanted to be. I'm a badass. So you're saying that he would rather have the conversation of, oh, he threw it away, than exactly. actually get found out for real. Exactly. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, he's he's been in jail so many times. He acts such, like such a dick because he's like... Fuck it, man. Imagine if, I, imagine if I'd been focused, though, I'd have pissed this game. I'd have been one of the greats. And I think the thing with Adrian Broner, unlike Pacquiao, is I think Pacquiao, the losses on his record have been at the very highest level, but have not really damaged his credibility as a champion, as a multi-weight champion, mm. because he's so well-loved and because of his attitude and his personality and everything about him. You know, there's nothing about Manny Pacquiao apart from suspected drug the PED issues that you can question. He's a fucking, everyone loves Manny Pacquiao. Everybody loves him. His fighting style's amazing. Multi-weight world champion. Gives fucking money to the people of the Philippines. Future president of the Philippines, undoubtedly. You know, everything about him is, is amazing. And Broner's the exact opposite of that. He's a complete dick. But I just think that right here, right now, Pac- the points I'm trying to make is Pacquiao's losses haven't affected him mentally or credibility. Because his losses have been against good guys. Broner, for me, the losses that he's had on his record against like Mikey Garcia, Sean Porter. These are top boys. Out, yeah, but he was outboxed. The one thing that he he, he kind of like, I'm I'm this, I'm that, he was outboxed by them. He was beaten legitimately. You know? So for me, and and sounds mad this, but Broner for me, Broner knows how to lose. Whereas Pacquiao doesn't hasn't really affected him. Broner will know how to lose on points by Pacquiao this weekend, and that's what ultimately I think will happen. He'll lose on points because he knows how to do it. He knows how to do twelve rounds, lose on points, and come out of it and be like fucking hell, bah, you know, and blame everybody but himself. That's if he gets to the ring on weight. Mm. How do you think this is going to play out then? That's exactly how I think it'll play out. I think Broner will lose on points, and you know what? 
might be controversial this, I actually want Broner to knock him out. I want Broner to knock out Manny Pacquiao and retire Manny Pacquiao. Because, one, I think Broner's a fucking crazy motherfucker. And if he's on point, mm. we can get another two or three years out of Broner being mental. Which is good for us, good for fans, because who the fuck is... He's just let off the leash with the money he's going to make from Pacquiao, with a win over Pacquiao, with the platform he'll get from it. Mate, sit back and enjoy the ride. This shit's going to get crazy. Pacquiao, who I think is going to win on points, he wins. You know what happened then? Oh, I'm fighting Floyd in the summer. Oh, for fuck's sake. We don't want Mayweather part two, Mr. Pacquiao. We don't want it. But the talk will be of it, and that's all it'll be. And then Floyd might be like, okay, I'm coming back and... I just, I'm tired of that shit. I don't want to see two 40-year-old men go at it. The first fight was bad enough. Mm. So I don't want to see a second fight. I want to see Adrian Broner retire Manny Pacquiao this weekend. I want to see bad overcome evil and basically supporting the, the Sith. I want to see the Rebel Alliance smash the bits. I want the baddie to win. Badu Jack's fighting as well. He's taking on Marcus Brown. This is a great knock. Um, Marcus Brown undefeated but he hasn't really fought anybody of note no step up Badu Jack he is he is the real deal man he was the real deal at super middleweight I think he's made the transition to light heavyweight extremely well and therefore um, I can't see anything but a Badu Jack victory this weekend yeah obviously all the betting's going to be with Badu Jack it's hard to you know go against Marcus Brown because fucker's not done anything wrong he's not put a foot wrong in his career you know, 16 knockouts and 22 wins. He certainly deserves this opportunity to step up. It's a tough one to step up against because Badu Jack is absolutely a business. But, uh, you know, obviously you're going to go with Badu Jack. But I think with Marcus Brown, you just don't know. The, the kid's had 22 fights to get to this opportunity. He's got it now. Let's see what you're made of. Mm. We'll see. Mm. Um, all happening on ITV4. Um, this weekend, early hours of Sunday morning. If you're not staying up for it, make sure you record it and have a good watch of it because we'll be getting stuck into it uh, next week. But fighting season is well and truly underway. This weekend, like I said, there's two shows to get stuck into, Friday night and Saturday night, um, of which there's some absolute crackers on there, including the return of uh, Jorge Linares and Demetrius Andrade on Friday night, Manny, uh, and then on Saturday night, Manny versus Broner and Badu Jack in action as well. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Uh, well, I, want to do, I want to pick my bets here because we're st- I'm going to start my £10 pot. Oh, yeah? My William Hill £10 pot, yeah. I've got two bets. Okay. So, with Willi- by the way, with our uh, sponsors, William Hill, you um, you will not be beaten in round betting. In all right? round betting. So, if you're going to pick a particular round, William Hill are the people to go for. Go on. So, let's go to Friday night first. To the biggie. What you gonna, um, what you, tell me t- what type of bet you're putting on here now. Well, I want to do a double. Right. One from Friday and one from Saturday. Right, okay. Okay, so um, I want to do... Uh, I really want to exploit William Hill's in-round betting, but I actually fancy, fancy Andre on points and Pacquiao on points. Is that what you're doing? They're, they're, that's me double I'd like to do, yeah. I'm going to put a £5 double on with me £10 stake. Which, I'm going to start the year now with a £10 stake, one for boxing, one for UFC. And my bet for boxing this week is Andre points, Pacquiao points, double. I'll, t- I'll try my best to uh, get you uh, some odds whilst I'm here. Two to one. Two to one. Oh, yeah. It's not As the double. Yeah. It's not great, but boxing odds are never that great, are they? Hmm. So I'm going I'm to go with that anyway as me as me boxing bet this week. Ten pounds stake. When I start the year, I'm going to blow five pounds of it now on a Pacquiao Boo Boo Andre points win double. Hopefully, if that comes in. The pot goes to 15 quid. There you go. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, you can subscribe to this via iTunes and via our website, fightdisciples.com. There'll be some stuff going up on our YouTube channel as well this week. Um, so make sure you're across that. Uh, and we'll keep you uh, up to date with everything that's going on via our Twitter and uh, Facebook feeds. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.